If you're looking for message notes, you'll find them online or on the Bayside Church app. If you haven't downloaded our app, please do so, Bayside Church Melbourne. And uh, if you click on the media button at the bottom, or if you click on the media button on our website, bring up either the Cheltenham uh, message or the Frankston message, and it's got it all there for you. If you're taking your own notes, this is Becoming Like Jesus series part six, and the title is Power for a purpose. If you want to follow this in your Bibles, then turn to Luke chapter 3. Let me just give you a quick recap. Last week we looked at uh, this kind of joy, the kind of joy that God has given us uh, in the joyful Jesus and the joyful Holy Spirit. And uh, we saw that practicing joy will give us strength. It makes our prayers effective, it enlarges our character, and it increases our health. And I think at such a time as this, this crisis time, how important it is that we experience all of those things. A joyful disposition protects your heart, according to research. It strengthens your immune system. It combats stress. It reduces fewer, uh, rather reduces aches and pains, uh, combats disease, and it lengthens our lives as well. So right throughout uh, this crisis, this health crisis, practice joy and see the benefits flow through you and to you and to others as well. These are all things that we can do with at crisis times like this. A few weeks ago, I also taught a message as part of this series on becoming like Jesus called Jordan Management Consultants. And uh, in that, I talked about becoming like Jesus means that we rely on the Holy Spirit. And I want to unpack that a little bit more in this message today. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist foretold that Jesus would baptize his followers with the Holy Spirit. At Jesus' baptism, the Holy Spirit settled on him. He was then led by that same Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tested and tempted for 40 days. He then returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. It is by the Holy Spirit that Jesus proclaimed the good news and performed miracles. Jesus taught that the Holy Spirit would lead his followers into all the truth, that he would be our advocate, our comforter, our counselor, and our guide. As followers of Jesus, we are to rely on the Holy Spirit and allow him to transform us and make us more like Jesus. So let's have a look at that in a little bit more detail in this message. As I mentioned before, it's called Power for a Purpose. And uh, we're going to look at some verses in Luke chapter 3, some verses in Luke chapter 4 as well. But before we do that, let's just pray together. Heavenly Father, we open our hearts. We open our minds. We open our Bibles, Lord God. And we pray that by the power of your Spirit, you would reveal truth to us and empower us to put this truth into action. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, let's have a look at this. Luke chapter 3, we're going to pick it up, verse 15, first of all. The people were waiting expectantly, were all wondering in their hearts if John the Baptist might possibly be the Messiah. And so John answered them about this. He said, I baptize you with water but one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie, and he, the Messiah, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, let's go down to verse 21. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. 
And as he was praying, heaven opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, in you I am well pleased. Now if you turn over the page, have a look at uh, Luke chapter 4. We're going to pick it up from verse 1. And I want you to notice all the way through these verses, the mentions of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan. He was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. Isn't that fascinating? The Holy Spirit led Jesus into a time of challenge. And I wonder if the Holy Spirit, I don't think God causes crises, I don't think God causes the difficulties and challenges of this life, but think about Jesus for a moment who was led by the Spirit into and through this time of challenge and then comes out of that time of challenge filled with the Holy Spirit. What a wonderful example that is to each and every one of us. So have a look at this in Luke chapter 4, go down to verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's after his 40 days of tempting and testing by the devil. News about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues. Everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it is written, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me too. And then he lists a number of things. I want you to think about this for a moment. The word anointed means to bestow divine authority or to give power for a purpose. And so here Jesus is saying, I've got power for a purpose from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is equipping me to do certain things. And he outlines those in those next few verses. Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit to proclaim good news to the poor, uh, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, to uh, recover the sight of the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. In other words, the Holy Spirit gave Jesus authority, gave Jesus power to accomplish certain things. And it's the same with us. God gives Jesus' followers the Holy Spirit power for a purpose. And I want us to focus on this for a few minutes because let me say I am so grateful for spiritual manifestations. I, I love the times that the Holy Spirit has ministered to me. Even this very week, I have sensed as I've been sitting and reading and studying and, and emailing and keeping in touch with people in various ways, I have sensed two or three occasions where I would have to describe it like I got a big hug from God. It was wonderful. I'm just, I was sitting at my chair and, and all these different things that I had to do, but it was just like God put His arms around me and gave me this big, beautiful hug. Even in bed last night, I was reading, I'm, I'm nearly at the end of a novel that I've been reading for a few weeks, and, and I tried to read the last chapter, and every time I'd pick the book up and read a couple of lines, the Holy Spirit just went kind of whoosh all the way through me, and I put my book down and, and just lay there basking in the Holy Spirit. I, I love the manifestation, the actual presence of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that great that we actually get 
to feel His presence. Over the years, I've experienced lots of these manifestations, and I know many of you have as well. Some people, when the Holy Spirit comes on them really strongly, they, they fall down under the power of the Spirit. Some people laugh, some people shake, some people cry. But the important thing is, and, and understanding that, that these manifestations are wonderful, but they're not an end in themselves. They're, they're wonderful. God gives us power. He lets us experience that power. He lets us experience His presence and His love, but He gives us power for a purpose. If we don't keep this in mind, then we'll come across as selfish or preoccupied or flaky, as people who enjoy the benefits of the Christian life, but who don't face up to its responsibilities, as people who freely receive but don't freely give. And if we're like that, we end up becoming like the Dead Sea. Uh, the Dead Sea is a bit of an anomaly. It's called a sea, and yet it's actually 400 meters below sea level. Uh, it's, it's dead because, it, because no life uh, can exist inside the Dead Sea. It's, it's ridiculously salty. You've probably seen pictures of people floating in it. You can't walk on it. Only Jesus can walk on water. But you can certainly float uh, in the Dead Sea. I'm told you don't want to have a cut on your skin uh, if you're in the Dead Sea because it stings like crazy. But the Dead Sea is dead because it takes in but it doesn't give out. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound a little bit like what I described a moment ago? The good news is that there's hope for the Dead Sea and there's hope for us as well. If you've become a person who's been guilty of just receiving but not giving out, the Dead Sea takes in but doesn't give out. And even its source that it takes in is also corrupted. And so, there's a wonderful parable, you know. We need to be careful what we receive, and we also need to be careful that we're constantly giving out. And in times like this, in crisis times like this, it's so easy uh, to hunker down and just look after me and mine. And uh, yes, look after your own needs, but do what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 2, where he says, don't just look after your own needs, but also the needs of other people. Let's bear those things in mind. But as I say, there's hope for the Dead Sea. The prophet Ezekiel gives a wonderful vision of a river that heals the Dead Sea's bitter waters. Let's have a look at Ezekiel 47 verses 8 and 9. This is an amazing prophecy, obviously something that hasn't happened yet, but will happen in the future. And Ezekiel says, this water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah, which is the Jordan Valley, where it enters into the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live where the river flows. I want you to notice those three words, where the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. The uh, prophet then goes on to speak about uh, fishermen who will stand on the banks of the river, throw their nets in, catch amazing fish. Uh, he also goes on to talk about uh, trees, fruit trees growing around the banks of the river. We're going to show you a couple of photos right now. Picture one is 
what the Dead Sea looks like now. And I want you to think about that. Just have a look at that photo for a moment. It's, um, it looks pretty dead, doesn't it? <laughs> That's why it's called the Dead Sea. That's what the banks look like now. Notice, no fishermen. There's uh, no fruit trees. It's all barren. And our picture number two is an artist's impression of what the Dead Sea area will look like when Ezekiel's prophetic word is fulfilled. That's the Dead Sea then, sometime in the future, with lush, green, fruit trees, fruitful. It's a wonderful picture of our lives as well. No one and nothing is unredeemable. That which is bitter or seemingly dead can spring to life when you allow the river of the Holy Spirit to flow through you. Jesus put it this way, John 7, verses 38 to 39. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up till that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. This is a, a wonderful picture, you know, this is um, the Feast of Tabernacles, this was the major feast out of all the seven feasts of Israel, this was the major feast uh, in a year and it was supposed to be a feast of great joy but it had become a dead, boring, religious ceremony and uh, I can just imagine on this last great day of this seven-day feast, the religious leaders of the day, they would pour water out as they went down, holy water, and they would repeat the words of the prophet Isaiah, with joy will water spring up in the city of God or make glad the city of God. But there was no joy, it had become a dead religious ceremony. And right in the midst of it, Jesus stands up and says with a loud voice, anyone who's still thirsty, come to me and drink. Isn't that wonderful? Out of their innermost being will flow rivers of living water. I just think that's an amazing picture. In the midst of dead religious ceremony, these wonderful life-giving words of Jesus Christ, talking about this river of God that's going to well up from within those who follow Jesus, uh, become this river that springs up into eternal life. A river is always receiving and giving, receiving and giving. It's flowing, it's active. Living water means literally running water or active water. And that's what brings life, that's what brings blessing, that's what brings health, is receiving and giving, receiving and giving, receiving and giving. We are called to be a people who constantly receive the abundance of God in order to freely give to others. That's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 8. Freely you have received, freely give, because you've been given power for a purpose. Now, you'll notice on your message notes that there's a number of questions and scriptures that I've included there for you, and uh, then in your connect groups or just in your own private time, uh, spend time looking at those scriptures, thinking about those questions, discussing them together. Um, if you're uh, isolating yourself at the moment, we'll get on to uh, something like Zoom or something similar to that with a few people. You can do uh, a virtual connect group in that way as well. 
and spend time really exploring the wonderful truth of this message, power with a purpose. Let's pray together, shall we? Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your word. And we want to thank you for the Holy Spirit. We don't want to be people who don't receive of your presence. And we certainly don't want to people be a people who just receive it and bottle it up, Lord God. I pray every moment of the day we will look for opportunities to receive and to give, to freely receive and to freely give. May the river of God flow through us individually. May it flow through us corporately in our small groups, our connect groups. Through this time, Lord God, I pray that you will enlarge us individually and collectively, that you cause us to be incredibly fruitful, that you help us to look out for others. May your river flow at this time to bring great blessing to many people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.